For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Hit your free throws because they're free. Joshua Fisher, Alexander DeSampos, and Nikki Snacks, Kreider. We're back, all three together. I was on vacay in Europe, seeing the Chili Peppers, found a new sport called hurling, which we could get into on our podcast, which you could check out the podcast. If you're listening on our podcast right now, great. If you're listening on Sports Map Radio, what up? Charity Stripe, go check out our podcast on Spotify, Apple, anywhere you get your podcast. Same name, Charity Stripe, super easy. We'll discuss hurling at another time, but it was a sport we found at a bar in England and an Irish pub, and it was kind of awesome and ridiculous. You, you did some hurling too, right? Right. <clears throat> yes, I did. I got food poisoning. Thank you. I'm sure people would love to hear about that. Uh, I did get sick on the last day, which was unpleasant. But we're back now once again, and a lot of stuff going on. Uh, you could bet on betonline.ag, which is one of our big sponsors. Go to betonline.ag today. Betonline.ag. Put anything you want on any kind of sporting event you want. NBA draft coming up. A lot of odds. We'll talk about NBA draft in full uh, later on in the show. But a lot of odds are shifting. Paulo Boncaro was plus 1,600. Now he's at plus 400 to go first overall to the Orlando Magic. Flying up on draft boards. This kind of sounds like uh, the Trayvon Walker uh, scenario because his odds were very long. I think like you know a month or so out of the draft and then he became the heavy favorite and some people would hit on him really early on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you always kind of try to buy that trend. Um, is what I would say. It's usually never wrong. Even if people are suggesting otherwise and think they know things and have inside information, it's usually a situation of Vegas knows all. And always will. Um, so yeah, Paulo Boncaro, could he go number one overall? We'll discuss that later in the show, but go to bet online dot ag today and place money put your money down where you think whoever you think the first overall pick is going to be it should be a very exciting draft use um, that promo code believe get 50 percent off on your first deposit yeah get 50 that's so generous at betonline.ag um the draft's going to be interesting honestly here's a quick take for you guys before we let everyone go to break it's too soon after the nba finals not enough time to breathe and I don't, I still, I know we discussed this last year. I don't like that it's before free agency um, and like all the trades that happen. I think it should happen after. I think the NBA is doing itself a disservice and a disservice to what could be a great event. Um, but there's a lot of different things we could discuss in the NBA draft. And we'll talk all that right more right when we get back. See you in a few with the charity stripe. Back once more. It's the charity stripe. Pitch free throws because they're free. Joshua Fisher, Alexander Disopolis, Nikki Snacks, Kreider. We three haven't had a chance to 
uh, dissolve ourselves the NBA season and discuss what went down with the NBA Finals as a trio. What do you guys make of the parade? Kind of, you know, I don't want to say antics because that's like a negative word, but all the celebration the Warriors are doing, thoughts in the finals, are the Warriors the favorite before everything, the madness that is the summer and the NBA goes down as it stands right now, are the Warriors the favorite going into next year? What are some of your big takeaways as the season has kind of ended? I don't think, I don't pay any attention really or any mind to celebration antics from any title win. Um, Same, unless it's my team. Right, and then you're involved it's in it. it's never been my team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've never paid attention. Um, although although the Tom Brady throw in the, the Lombardi trophy off the boat was pretty was pretty ridiculous, which is awesome. It went viral. I mean, I think when the Bucks won, that was probably the most fun one that I actually ended up watching. But other than that, not watching. Yeah, I think there's always like a couple of moments. Giannis going to Chick Fil A after he won and ordering the the fifty nuggets after his fifty piece was cool. There's always like a couple of cool things. I mean, you saw Steph trying to smoke a cigar, but he hadn't even lit it. I thought that was a really funny moment. Um, but they won the the NBA title. They they deserve to celebrate. Oh yeah. I think most importantly, what I've gathered from everything after this. The, the final moments of the actual game six itself is that the rest of the Warriors team and franchise wanted this for Steph. And I think that that's really cool when um, a franchise rallies around its superstar, especially a guy who's only played for that one team. Um, I think they have to be the favorite. I would say they're the favorite going into next year alongside the Bucks because the Bucks lost in the playoffs one two years ago, but they didn't have Chris Middleton. So I I think from just an I'm just thinking strictly from an odds standpoint um, that I would probably have the Warriors first, then the Bucks, then the Celtics third. Um, I don't know. What do you think about that, Josh? Do you think you think Celtics should be second just because they got to the finals? I don't know. I think the Bucks should definitely be second. I think if Chris Middleton played in that series as much as I love my Celtics team and as much as happy as I was with the season and especially after winning game one in Golden State. I really thought we had a shot to do this thing. And it wasn't until I went to Europe that all the things fell apart. Not saying that's the reason why, but who knows. I do think the Bucks would have won the series if Middleton played. I think he's that important of a piece. I think that there's a sleeping giant in Los Angeles, and it's not the Los Angeles Lakers. I think the Los Angeles Clippers getting Kawhi Leonard and Paul George healthy together finally with the way Ty Lue has completely rebranded himself as a coach in my eyes and the eyes of many, completely changing, taking that roster and bringing the best out of guys like Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann, revitalizing Reggie Jackson's career. The Clippers are a major threat uh, to the Golden State Warriors. I love what's going on with the Grizzlies. Um, you know, I love their fire. I love their, their antics would be a good word to use there, uh, towards the golden state warriors. They still have a lot to accomplish before they can really open their mouths on it. But I'm, I'm interested in that young team. I do think that they need another guy guy. I don't think it's Desmond Bain. I don't think it's Jaron Jackson jr. I think both of those guys are unbelievable threes on a team. And one of them would probably presumably be a four on the team. But if someone's going to go get Bradley Beal, I don't think it can be the Celtics. I think it should be 
the Grizzlies, but that's a whole other animal to discuss because that contract's going to be, quite frankly, way too hefty for any team to take on. And I don't think it. Ne- I don't think it's necessary. I think people are viewing him as a big domino and a big piece to fall and a big piece to move. Um, I was listening to Legler and Get Up today, and I can, couldn't have agreed more with him because my stance on Bradley Beal the tangent a little bit. It's too big of a contract for a guy that's not a top 20 player. I think we discussed this ourselves pretty yeah. recently that it's not too big of a contract to take on for a guy that's not a top 20 player. So my stance on that is the Grizzlies need to go out and get somebody. Quite honestly, like I thought the Christian Wood deal was the stealthiest move the Mavs could have made. They beat everyone to the jump. And I, I think that is a... It's another trade for the Mavs that puts them in a better position. I still want them to get like Levine. They don't need to get Gobert anymore. Um, I don't think you know Christian Wood fully covers that, but he's a sizable guy and he does add good length. I really want them to go get Levine, and that could be wishful thinking because who knows what's going to happen there. But I thought that was a great move by Dallas. I mean, there's so many things that there's so many guys just coming back from injury that it's really tough to say that the Celtics and the Warriors, the favorites in either conference to go back. Cause you have Middleton, you have Kawhi, you have the whole nuggets, the two or three on the nuggets, like quite frankly, like, we don't know how like the nuggets are going to be with Porter jr. And you know, Jamal Murray with Jokic, who's now back to back MVP and he's not going to downgrade. Um, right. So there's just so many, st- there's so many guys coming back from injury. I mean, we can go on and on, but it's really tough for me to say, I do, and I, I, but I guess a long-winded way of saying this, I really do think the Warriors should be number one. Again, they won. I well, think they, they do have to. They have a couple of guys who are going to be free agents. So Gary Payton is a free agent. Kevon Looney is a free agent. Otto Porter is a free agent as well. Um, of course, they could bring him back on the veterans if if they needed to. Um, but he might be able to go get a mid-level somewhere else because teams are always looking for more wing help, especially a team like the Boston Celtics. I mean, Boston's going to need to make a move. They, they probably need a guard and, and another wing. So that they need a, they need a point guard. Yeah. But it's just another wing. So that Tatum and Brown don't have to play 40 minutes in every single playoff game and every playoff series that clearly wore, wore down on them, um, especially on Tatum going into that, that last final series. Mm-hmm. Would you be interested in bringing Kyle Lowry back? Or sorry, Ky- Kyrie Irving back? Would I be interested in bringing? Absolutely not. And it's it not even right? n- not in a million years because the through the he is a top fifteen talent, no question, and he is a top one or two problem on your roster. He can you you cannot get him on your roster without paying the max money because he is worth the max money. Right. Where's but, he gonna end up? LA we could see a scenario where it's I mean who knows dude like poor I mean I want to like honestly poor Westbrook he's just getting passed around like an hors d'oeuvre like that's the only way that he can go to the Lakers is if Westbrook's gone like they can't afford Westbrook Anthony Davis LeBron and Kyrie that's just impossible could he go to the Clippers maybe that's interesting could he go I the net the Knicks it would be such a bad the Knicks just need uh, they they're need to stay spot. the course. They're in a tough they're... spot, but they need to stay the course. I, I think that I think if the Knicks are going to make a move, it should be to go up to the Kings at number four. And I think, and I said that in our my draft video, I sent to Cam Rogers. Shout out to him and his family. 
I think the Knicks should go up to number four and get Jaden Ivey because I think he's a top tier talent in this draft that's not being mentioned in the top, in the big three because the teams picking in the top three don't need him. At some point, though, when when you're the Knicks, you're, it's it kind of seems like that Philadelphia Sixers trust the process model where it's like, all right, just trust who we draft, trust who we draft. At some point, you got to go out and get guys who are already NBA ready. Hundred percent, and they've well, done the, that, but they keep flopping at that too. The like, issue with they they can't really have the same iteration or or even a next version of the process because they're not at the bottom of the Eastern Conference exactly. every single year. They're they're winning too many games, so they're not picking in a high enough draft position to be getting Jaleel Okafor, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, like Markel Fultz. They had four one, top one, five one, two, one, right. Yeah. yeah, they had four top five draft picks. So uh, the Knicks, they're just in such a such a bad spot. I mean, you look and see what the Mavs had to give up to get Christian Wood. I know Julius Randle is an, has an All NBA, you know, um, award on his on his resume. But how much better of a player is he than Christian Wood? You're, you're now seeing like what these players really mean, and, and the draft capital in trades is everything. So I don't even know how much they could get for Julius if they wanted to ship him off, right? So better to trade up for a guy like Jaden Ivy. Because it's not happening in the next two years. You have RJ. How much better can he get over the next three years? That'll be really exciting to see. I think a lot of basketball fans are are believe in him. Josh, you you and I certainly do. Um, I love RJ. Yeah, he's great. But they've got they're going to be in a, a precarious position for for quite some time. Yeah, and we'll get back to it all with draft next in our next segment. Don't move. We're the Charity Stripe, Josh Fisher, Alexander Sopos, and Nikki Snacks. Crida. Back once again, the cherry stripe at your free throws because they're free. Josh Fisher, Alexander DeSopolis, Nikki Snacks, Kreider. And we'll just continue where we left off. It's because we're talking NBA draft. And I do, because we were about to round out that conversation of who's the favorite next year. And you were talking about the development of RJ Barrett. I just want to say that a big point for me and the Warriors, because Otto Porter could be leaving and some of these guys, these tertiary pieces that were so big for them, could be leaving. A big point is the development of Kuminga, Moody, Two guys that drafted in the lottery last year, Wiseman, a guy that drafted second overall two years prior. Development is so key in the NBA. Like if you look at the looking at the draft landscape this year, there's so many talented guys, especially when you go through from like quite honestly, the top four should be the top four, but slots five through fifteen, like even sixteen, seventeen, like you can mix and match these guys. Like, you know, it, it's kind of pick your poison. Do you, do you want to take a more project-heavy guy with higher upside? Do you want to take a guy that's more NBA-ready? Like, It really depends where your team is, and it's so important how you mix these guys in, develop these guys. And it's kind of vital now more so than ever where you fall and what team you go to in the draft. And do you have a clear path for playing time? Are you in a position where, or are you in a position like a guy like Kuminga was last year, where his skill set's a bit more raw, where he's not called upon and potentially exposed early on? And he could come in, and if he's not great, it's not a big deal because the Warriors won the title anyway. And if he is great, it's like, oh, wow, look how good Jonathan Kuminga could one day be, a type of situation like that. So we're in a situation right now where the draft again is this Thursday. And I want to discuss this because we kind of touched upon it in the first part of the show. 
it really, from a, just a bigger picture standpoint, I just think it really does a disservice to the players and it does a disservice to the type of event the draft can be. I think as well as the NBA handles its media and, and honestly, the media, the way the NBA, the media is the best part about the NBA because quite frankly, the, the numbers for game six, I don't know how true that graphic was because you could put anything on a graphic on Instagram and it could be real, but I sent a graphic to you guys. Uh, game six was less, watched less in the NBA finals than game six of the World Series, which is crazy. I'd buy it. Uh, which it's crazy though because of how pronounced the NBA is in the media. You turn on ESPN and it is NBA, 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 and we'll get into the NFL come July, but that's what it is. You rarely, no one's talking about how the New York Yankees, the most prominent franchise in American are on, are on sports to win over 120 games this season, which has never happened. Yeah. I mean, we could just bounce. I know we were going to touch on baseball, but we, we always bounce around. It's, unfathomable first of all they're on pace to win 50 game more i'll do the math right now they're on pace to win i think we're over 120 games they have a guy on their team that could potentially hit over 60 home runs which contract year too in a contract year too i mean which is bananas i mean this team is fantastic and the best team in the national league with their number two, which is, you know, I can't even believe I'm saying Max Scherzer's number two pitcher. Number two pitcher sidelined. Their number and, one and pitcher. And their number one pitcher sidelined. Hasn't even played yet. They're the number one team in the National League, the New York Mets. Both New York teams, we could get a Subway Series World Series, which has only happened once before, which even it's, it's a crazy thing because can you imagine the Jets and the Giants playing in a Super Bowl? <laughs> no, it's never going to happen in our lifetime. I'd sooner I be. I don't know if it'll ever happen ever. We'd sooner go from being podcast host to monks in a monastery than that ever happening. Literally talking for a living to never talking again. That's how that's that's how unfathomable it is to me. And no one's talking about it. it's the NBA. So the NBA does such a good job media wise. My point being is, I think they. I really do think, and not to be a negative Nancy, but my soapbox here. I think they handle the draft pretty horribly. I think the way that Nick, you a big issue for you in the past has been NBA draft night trades. It's the worst. That's it it is the dumbest thing. So it's so bad for those of you who don't know how the draft trades work in the NBA. It's not like the NFL where they trade the picks away. And let's say, you know, the Eagles trade the pick to the Vikings. The Vikings get to make that pick, and then whoever the Vikings draft, that player goes to the Vikings. What happens in the NBA is they have to get processed, the trades, before before it happens, right? So let's say the Knicks want to trade up to the five. The team that's picking at five has to pick the player that the Knicks want, and technically that player wears the hat of the team and not the Knicks, but he's going to be playing for the Knicks the next season. It makes no sense. Like, I want to see a picture of the guy who's supposed to be the face of a franchise with a Knicks hat on, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that happens all the time. Like, Kawhi Leonard got drafted by the Pacers. Yeah. But he started his career with the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Bryant. Hornets. Yep. Like, I want that Hornets hat so badly. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, 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 cra- it's crazy. It's I so do stupid. think – one thing I do like, though, adversely to my point, is in the, in the NBA draft trade cycle on draft night – 
I like how players can then be traded once they're drafted because they don't do that in the NFL. It's not like, okay, Garrett Wilson was drafted by the Jets, but then they later traded Garrett Wilson for a second and a third. Like that doesn't happen in the NFL. I kind of dig that that could happen in the NBA. That's cool with me. And I don't know if it's can- a rule though in the NFL. You think you just don't do it? I actually don't no, know. No, well, because it happened with, with uh, Rivers and, and Eli Manning. Chargers drafted Eli Manning and they traded him for Philip Rivers. That's, it just doesn't yeah. happen because I think I think with with NFL scouting and with just the NFL and, and totality, like they're not they don't have time to just swap around players. It's like you know yeah. like we put all of our scouting into this one guy. Like let's just go with him. Let's see how how so, works. So many more players to pick from. So many exactly. more players yeah. on your roster. Trades usually made first. Yeah. Um, NFL is definitely the, has the least trades in all of the leagues. Yeah, I mean the MLB is is an insane. They they're getting better at it, but they're very much behind eight ball. But I think the NBA can be doing better. But now I do think this is a great draft, as I think all drafts are becoming great because the talent pool is so massive to select from. I, we're seeing think, deeper and deeper drafts from years. To, yeah, sorry. I no, I I like both of your points, Nick. I think yours about just from an op, a pure optics standpoint, as these guys are getting drafted, what you bring up with the hats and them be you know the rights for this player gets then traded to another team that that whole just the functionality of it is weird and gets messy. But I, I do want to throw out the point of time and when the draft falls, I, I know it's like, we don't get much time to digest what just happened in the NBA finals, but I do like it from players standpoint where these guys get drafted and they get more time to be talking with their, their potential teammates to really be working on, okay, I'm I'm getting drafted within this system. I know that this is going to be my role, and you get more time to adjust because it's a huge adjustment. It's a massive adjustment whether or not you're going from the G League, um, from Europe, or from um, from college basketball to then enter the NBA. And I think that it's a it's a nice thing for those players to give them more of that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't hate it. For I don't I'm not saying I want it to be in August. I just would like it to be maybe July, the second well, week of July. I think after free agency is that crazy? I think also, like it, you want the fans to have a little bit more enthusiasm, you know, behind it. I didn't even know the draft was in two days. Like I thought that it was a little bit further out, but it's in two days, and the marketing has not been very prominent. I haven't really seen many draft commercials like you do with the NFL where it's like every time ESPN goes to break or every time NFL network goes to break, it literally flashes a commercial of the NFL draft. Like the NFL mm-hmm. draft like is such a huge event. Like so many people go to it. That's another thing. Like not that many people I don't think anybody goes to the NBA draft, right? Not that many. Yeah. I mean like, it's yeah, it's not the NFL draft. I mean we know right, that. Of course. But the other, the flip side as well is like, okay, unless you're a guy getting taken in like the top fifteen, like, there's probably you're probably not going to be like that prominent of a player on your team. I mean, there are definitely guys that fall and like that become diamonds in the rough. Like, there's second rounders, there's you know late first rounders that end up panning out, but for the most part, like, it's not a ton of guys who are going to become household names unless you're a lottery pick. I think it's changing though because of how talented and deep these pools are. Maybe seven years ago, sure, but nowadays you can go across the board and like you can go. Jalen's a top. Jalen's a top three pick. Jason's a top three pick. But Rob Will was not a lottery pick. 
Grant Williams, not a lottery pick. And these are guys that matter on the Celtics. They matter, Jay, but they're Jay, not like superstars. That's a, good, they, that's a great point. We, there's just not enough roster spots in the NBA, and there's not enough teams for every single one of these guys to be a top seven player on an NBA roster. It's just right. not going to happen. We might get a really good year where 15 of these guys stay in the league for, for 12 plus years, which is fantastic, which is exactly what the league wants. But you're, you're really right, Nick. Like if you're at the eighth pick, you're the ninth pick. You're looking to get a guy that's going to play. Like mm-hmm. you, you can, you can take the risk. If you're a team like the Knicks, who we talked about last segment, like you can take the risk and go for a flyer at the 15th pick at the 18th pick, like whatever you want to do. I know they're a little bit higher this year, but just I'm talking about like in years past, but a lot of times it's more important to actually just go get you a guy that you know can play. That's why I've always never bought into the argument of, Oh, he's played four years of college. How much better can he get? He's played four years of college. Can he play on my team? Can he it's be the worst in- argument? Can he be in an NBA Finals game? Look, Jalen Brunson has gotten better. He's gotten significantly better. He averaged yeah. over 22 points per game in the playoffs this year. Like, there's room for these guys to grow. They're still for young, sure. young guys. Seth Curry. I mean, Agbaji, Agbaji on Kansas. He torched us. I mean, yeah. No, I, I, I mean, we see it in the NFL too. Though I don't think we're remiss though from guys being like, yeah, top 15 pick, and they play two years in the NFL and they can't cut it. I mean, that happens yeah, across. It the happens board. across all sports, but also like think about. If a guy gets drafted in the lottery, a lot of those fans are going to buy a jersey of that guy. But if a guy gets drafted in the back half of the 15th, like they're not purchasing jerseys, you know, not like, yet. Yeah. No, in right. the NFL, though, like any first round pick is worthy of getting a jersey pick, like bought by all of its fan base. That's fair. I mean, hey, look, I'm going to get a jersey with the Patriots first round pick. I'll tell you that much. We're the charity stripe. We'll be back in just a hot second. Joshua Fisher, Alexander Topless, and Nikki Snacks Crider. We're back, baby. The charities try pitch your free throws because they have free Joshua Fisher, Alexander Disopolis, and Nikki Snacks Critter. And we have a special word from our very own Alex Toss Me the Rock Disopolis. Tell him, man. Yeah, Josh, would you uh, would you describe your jumper as flat? I would describe my jumper as non-existent, but sure, we'll go with flat for the sake of for the sake of whatever this <laughs> analogy got a, is. Yeah, yeah. Josh has a he's got, <laughs> he's got a, a flat TV screen. He's got a flat jumper, but what he doesn't have is a flat TV sound. You want to experience entertainment like never before, you got to get the new Sonos Ray. It's a compact and easy-to-use soundbar that puts you at the center of shows, movies, games, and more. With crisp highs and a precisely balanced bass, breeze through the setup with help from the Sonos app. Um, I've used the Sonos app. It, It took about three minutes to install. You can even use your own remote for control. And when the TV is off, stream music, DJ Nikki Snacks, radio, podcasts like our own, and audiobooks from all your favorite services. Visit Sonos.com to learn more about the Sonos Ray. Sonos. Love it. Happy to be sponsored by Sonos. I, I will say that uh, that I watched that movie Hustle that we talked about that was brought up in the conversation of you watching Top Gun last week on the Sonos Ray. I hope you've done it. Mm. I hope you've seen it. Um amazing movie top gun but hustle josh if you have not seen it is badass there halfway is through. there what halfway through i felt I, I, movies no i i wasn't feeling what the, you mentioned earlier in the show that i would experience my own hurling i'm still recovering from uh, food poisoning in europe so I, i've been trying to go to bed a little earlier um, right. rest but up. you're right toss i think that it might have the most 
athlete cameos of any other movie. It's just like every single scene, there's like at least five NBA players. And I can't really speak on it yet because I'm not done with the movie. But f- from what I've seen so far, like Kenny Smith's like like Kenny Smith, Ant Man, who Ant Man is. Kenny Smith is probably like the third, third lead. <laughs> He's awesome in it. Really? That I if I have a, a nit to pick, it's that. Kenny could use a little bit of coaching, but uh, but he's Neither awesome. Boy Adam Lazar White. He's awesome, but he's he awesome for Kenny. Like it's awesome right, for right, Kenny. Right. Like I'm not saying he's awesome. Like yo, like Phantom Thread, Daniel Day Lewis. I don't know why that was the first movie that came to mind. I guess it's the last movie that Daniel Day Lewis did. But Ant Man, I love. I mean, you guys know I love Anthony Edwards. No, he thinks no, that he you, can do anything, and he's superb. You're you're right, and my I reason why I have a like a bone to pick with Kenny about it is because. Ant-Man and Wancho are so good like that it makes Kenny to me pop out a little bit for for not having to be like every single day too well it's it's different though it's it's different to host and to act oh well I I understand but like you're you're thinking about Ant-Man and and uh Hernan Gomez like those guys like don't have cameras in their faces all day every day like it's maybe like an interview you know, and then of course we're not run on the court. But like Kenny is used to getting the makeup. He's used to being on set. He's used to hearing the director talk and you know, the producers and like the the DP in his face. Like he he knows what it's like. But and acting like sometimes it's just if you don't have it, you don't have it. You know, it's there's a lot of natural instincts that are involved. I mean, you can get coached to an extent, but maybe maybe uh Juan Acho and Ant Man are both naturals and we'll see them in hollywood for years to come well the, i think the really it's possible thing, that ant-man could do it honestly probably, for sure nick and i great. talked about this last week just how how much of an impact this can make on his career into at 20 into years the, old too into becoming a superstar what what it means with brands what they're looking at right it's not just movies but it's it's so much more for this guy um speaking of athlete entertainers nishan highland bones highland Dropped a mixtape, and I listened to some of it last night, and it was actually pretty good. Really? Yeah, he's got a, he's got a good voice, a really good voice. Better than Oladipo. Uh, I, I haven't listened to Vic stuff, but is I mean, it good? Really? Was, was it a, a rap album or was it like an R and B album? It's like it's it's is rap. It's rap, but he sings. He does okay. a little bit of both. He he does some rapping too. Wow. All right. Well, check that out. All Depot's uh, like a like an actual like R and B singer. Like he solid, he can hit yeah. some notes. He's solid for sure. I you tweeted out Toss that you think the Sandman might be the greatest sports movie actor of all time, and like I don't know how you can argue again. Yeah, I, I, I tweeted definitively. That. It wasn't a question. It was a statement. It was. A statement. He, he's definitely been the most right. Well, he's Act got the most more. hits. He's got the most hits. Um, Tom Wolf, Tom Wolf Barton. Farrell. Tom Barton had a good counter, but I just I he, he mentioned Costner, um, who has for the love of the game, Tin Cup, Bull Durham, Field Build of Dreams. Dreams. Um, I miss I'm wiss- missing one other one, but not all those are hits. Draft like day. It, draft day, draft day. They don't all have the rewatchability that the Sandman's. Thank you. How many of those movies of Costner's in would you rewatch again, other than Field of Dreams? I mean, I'd watch Draft Day again just to see Josh. Yeah, right. Just see me dance down the Bull aisle. Durham is a great movie, so I I, I have I'm to saying it's at, not at but least like, mention that we can but... watch Waterboy and Happy Gilmore and repeat. The Pianist is a great movie. I'm not watching that multiple times a week. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Although like... <laughs> I am not watching Uncut Gems over and over again because that movie gives me so it's much. It's jarring, stuff. but I would watch that again. I thought that was I, awesome. 
Yeah. If I watch that, I would for sure take a lot of my money to betonline.ag right after watching it. And maybe take a lot of Xanax. (laughs) Wow. We are really reading each other's minds. I was about to say a pop of stick. Dude, the the Sandman, I would say Will Ferrell is probably the only one that really rivals him. Yeah, but I don't think those Will Ferrell movies are like like hard-hitting sports movies. Like Talladega Nights. Um, what's this? Uh, Kicking screaming. screaming. Blades, of, Blades Glory. of Glory. Yeah, those are good. But I mean, like Blades of Glory is happy underrated. And like, like Waterboy are classic. Like those are they're classic. I would watch Blades of Glory before I watched but Happy Gilmore. Eight Crazy Nights is that considered a sports movie? Wow, deep cut. Honestly, count the bucket. I'm in on that. Yep. That's well, that's and, it. and you add you. Add, you add the other things too, like you add how much of an uh, an important impact sports has in his character, like in Big Daddy, right? You talk about that he was the executive producer, his production company of Home Team. Like, there's other Sandman. Not only has been in true sports movies, I think that's like the comparison with Will Ferrell is those aren't like Blades of Glory ends with the the sports performance at the end. Kicking and screaming isn't really about the sports; it's about the relationship with his father, with his son. The Sandman movies are about sports. Like maybe, maybe not longest yard, but I don't know. I just feel like the I just I feel like the sport, sports. I don't know. I think they are. I feel like they're more about. I mean, the 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 racing scenes in Talladega Nights are really great. Like they do. I'm sure it's nothing like what what it it actually is for a NASCAR driver. But I enjoy when he's strapped into the car. And and when they're on the mics, like talking to each other, those are some of the yeah. best parts of the movie. I mean, they're they're even playing basketball and like grownups. Yep. I mean, he proposes to her in anger management at a Yankee game. I mean, he it's all riddled with it. I would love to see what Robert Duvall has to say about it because Duvall, Bob Duvall, has been in kicking and screaming, and he like was barely in. I mean, spoiler alert. Well, I mean, whatever you'll find out. It happens in the first five minutes. He's not in hustle that much as I was expecting him to be. Um, so I, I think why, that why is Ben Foster such such a mean dude in that movie? He's, he's so mean. First of all, Ben Foster Robert Duvall is 91 years old. I, I, I will give him the benefit of the doubt of not being that much in the movie. <laughs> legend. I would I'm dying on the hill that I think Ben Foster is the most underappreciated, undervalued, and that I'll use those two words actor in Hollywood. He is awesome. He's yeah. a great actor. He and maybe that comes from. He, he's not given a lot to do in this movie except be really mean to Adam Sandler. That's it. I know, but he and him and Hell or High Water he's is like just world class. Such a douche, too. Yeah. So mean. He's so, such, mean. so mean. So, so not cool. Um, but Hustle, great movie so far. I'll let you guys know what I think at the end of it. We'll probably end up talking about it on the next show. Uh, we do have a few more minutes uh, over here, and I want to talk a little bit about baseball. I want to touch upon it. Um, and thought I never really, asked. thought you never asked. Nick had a scare with Machado. I mean, this has been a real – I think this has been a really great baseball season so far. Um, it has, but, but yeah, the, the one thing – and it's been very – People, it's it's very apparent that batters are not hitting the ball very well across the entire league. And you have to just point it all to the baseball, I feel like, or the humidors that they're using for the new baseballs. 
it's just not coming off the bat hot enough. Sure, there's those guys, right? I mean, Judge is tearing the cover off the ball, right? And Mookie was hitting well before he got injured, and Machado's hitting well. But as a whole, like, the averages are down, like, at least 10 points, 15 They've points. They've been going down. I, I think that comes from the way the game is being played, and it comes from the way that we see in a lot of – we see a lot of big trends in sports. You see it in basketball that gone are the days where the guys are trying to go inside and – get the easy bucket. They're really working for that outside shot. Now people are trying to hit home runs. It's really the, it has been a huge emphasis on home runs in baseball. And I think that has also, so are they all players. I mean, I mean runs, are, runs are down the season too. I'm sure they're, yeah, they're down a little bit, but we're talking about a guy that could hit I, 60. When we're I there. mean, I, I think, I think a good home runs this year. Like, judge, look at him. An example for me is like, I look at, <laughs> I look, I look at a guy on the Rangers roster. Corey Seager, who traditionally has been known to be a great average hitter. He is he's in 230. He's, he's for sure going to hit his home run career high, though. He already has 15 this year. He's barely hit over 15 in any other MLB season that he's played. Like, that's that's an example of a guy who really is just trying to hit the tar off the ball every single time. And, and your average suffers. And it's kind of give and take, right? Because it's like, what is the, the new fan – because we always talk about, like, how do you bring more people to baseball? What do they really want? Do they want to see more guys on base? Do they want to see more variation? Do they want to see a score, you know, a, a team score seven runs because not because they hit six home runs, but do they want to see, you know, two doubles that knocked in two RBIs, one solo shot, and then, you know, a, a two RBI triple or something like that? Like, what do you really want? And I, I think that we're kind of mixed up in all of this. And it's like, what are the coaches telling their hitters? What are, what are these hitting coaches saying? Are they just saying, like, are they taking a very analytical approach? Because I know a lot of teams are, which is like, just hit the ball out of the park. That's one run. We don't have to think about it. Like, I, I think there's so much going on. It's hard to say it's just the baseballs, but I'm sure if the guys are talking about the baseballs, then like that's making a difference too. Yeah, if you, I, if, I don't think it's too much of the the hitting coaches because I think they want to keep their jobs, right? So if the guys aren't getting on base, then those hitting coaches are getting fired. Right. Good boy. Um, I think that, I think though, if your argument was, hey, Seeger, who is a guy that's capable of hitting, you know, kind of honestly anywhere between like 285, 3, 305. Like that's where you'd like to see him, where he's getting paid. And he's hitting like 260. And I would just be like, all right, let's point to the baseball. If you're talking about a guy like Juan Soto, who's hitting, dude, don't even look at what he's hitting. Someone said that he should be an all star on ESPN. And I said, put down the crack pipe. He's hitting below 230, well below 230. That's a guy that should be hitting 300. If he was hitting 270, I'd be saying point into baseball. But it has to be a little more than just the baseball. If the, if some of these major players' averages are down. But there are also guys other than Machado and Mookie, like like Devers, Goldschmidt is unbelievable this season. Goldschmidt could like okay, but you're finally- pointing you're pointing the superstars. You're pointing the guys who are literally like perennial all stars every single season. Look, yeah, but look they're at the guys are who are, look at the guys who are hitting over 300 this year. Jose Ramirez, right? Aaron Judge, Devers, Bogarts. Machado. I mean, these are Trey Turner. These are all guys that do it every single season, and they're all yeah. Their stars. numbers aren't down though, so I don't. I don't think there's yeah, been there's, but there's outliers. There's always outliers. There's always going to be outliers, right? But the middle of the pack, it's been down, and you want to yeah. see the middle of the pack. That's true. Get on for more average and hit more home runs. I, I mean, sure, yes, those guys are still going to get theirs, and it is awesome that Aaron Judge might hit sixty home runs this season. I'd love to see that, but I'd rather see. 20 or 30 guys hit over 40 home runs 
Yeah, it'd be cool. Then one guy hit 60. I really would. Well, we'll, we'll talk about it more in just a hot second. We're the Trader Shop. We'll be right back. Do not move the dial. Back once again, baseball, contentious topic. We want more home runs. We want more pop. We want a little more everything. But I do I do think Sands baseball aside, and which has been an issue with the past couple years, I think Nick and Alex, the stance that we've had of like, you know, punt Manfred to the curb. I'm glad that we haven't really had to discuss that, that this year. And that guys like Mike Trout have bounced back fantastically. Um, you know, Cunha's come back healthy. Machado, fortunately, isn't hurt. And we'll continue to see him put together an MVP caliber season when he returns. Guys like Tatis will be back and DeGrom. So the season will only be getting better. And things are really hot. I mean, this is my Red Sox, who I was ready to kick to the curb. Speaking of putting, speaking of putting things to the yard sale at ten and nineteen, or twenty six and twelve since then, which is an incredible record. The Phillies, who I put all my money on, fired Joe Girardi. Absolutely stunk on ice. They've been one of the hottest teams in baseball since then. So there's a lot of really good things uh, happening in baseball. So lost, we've lost two two managers midseason. Joe Madden. Joe Madden is the most overrated manager in the history of baseball. Cubs did not win because of him. They He's got a ring. There's guys that have rings that, you know, happened right place at the right time. And that was a right place in the right time moment for Joe Madden. That is a hill that I will absolutely die on. But put the raise to the World Series. Yeah, that. Yeah, but that, look at these. We'll go through this another time. Because we don't have as much time left. There's, look at these rosters that he's walking into half the time. I mean... I don't think he, really, he didn't really walk into the Rays, though. I think he was with them for a while. There's, I think the Rays, though, they haven't missed a beat really without him. I mean, they are they they have no money they ever spend, and they continue to draft well and they continue to develop their prospects well. To it, to me, the Rays are just an unbelievable organization. I think he walked into a Cubs situation, and there were so many moves he made. And you could talk to Cubs fans, and you could, you know look back at it. He made it throughout that World Series against the Indians that almost cost him the World Series rather than help them win it a couple times. And I think the way they put that team together was phenomenal. And that again, it was the right place, the right time. A lot of guys kidding on all cylinders. I know we don't have a lot of time left. Before we close this out, yeah. I want to ask you if Aaron Judge wins the MVP this season. Let's I'm not gonna say sixty home runs, but let's say he hits over fifty, around fifty-five home runs, hits over three hundred, and they win the World Series. How much money is he making in free agency? He's he's thirty, he's 30 years old. Oh, he's thirty? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well then maybe he, he might get three hundred over like eight, like eight years. Yeah, I can't give him four. Four is an excessive amount, but that's it's. I mean, we're. I don't think we're seeing anyone getting four for a very long time again. If Juan Soto thinks he's going to get that, he might be crazy because every four hundred million dollar contract has not worked out. Mike Trout's gotten hurt. John Carlos Stanton's gotten hurt. It's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we're the charity stripe. We'll see you guys next time. Hit your free throws because they're free. We outcha. We love ya.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.